in five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. We are your co-hosts, John and Hugh, and welcome. Uh, today, we're not totally sure what we're going to talk about, but let's jump into it anyways. How's it going, Hugh? <laughs> Good. Doing well. Doing well. What about you, John? Yeah, doing Long right. time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just such a long time. It's once a week. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, you doing all right? Like, in general? Yeah, I'm doing fine, actually. Been a fun week. Been writing a lot more to-do lists from last episode. Actioning Ooh. that. Been really good. I... I, okay. I I don't think you uh, are going to get away with it. You you also have to have at least one recipe said by the end of this episode. <laughs> A John Kim recipe. I can I can wing it. All um, right. Well, you can pull it out sometime now, middle, or at the end. Yeah. Well, today is April fourteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, Coinbase just went public. Uh, we're not we're not really like experts in in uh ipos or or uh uh like coinbase or anything but let's talk about it it's kind of interesting like it's the first it's the first publicly traded company that primarily does crypto stuff and so and so it's kind of like crypto being a little bit more mainstream and the fact that i mean I, it looks like the ipo went relatively well like the fact that it went pretty well is is a an indication of of uh like this idea that crypto is going mainstream so that's pretty cool yeah what's the market cap uh so right now looks like the market cap is 65 billion and the share price is 344. Um, did it go yeah, up? What, I don't know. I think it was supposed to be released at what, 250. And then, of course, it went to the public at a high, like 360, went up and then down, and down to like 340 in after hours. That's not too bad. It's a good little start for them. Cool. Yeah. What's, what's, what's interesting is that. At least, at least from my perspective, like if you're betting on the Bitcoin ecosystem and you don't have any restrictions on your funds, which we could talk about that later, then it seems like way more straightforward just to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> so I think, I think in the last, like the last year or like the last few months, I'll, I'll just kind of like look at other potential investments and then I'll, I'll always be like, Oh, but would this potentially go up more than Bitcoin would? And I, and I've just been like, yeah, I don't think so. And so it's, it's been, it's been unfortunate where, where, uh, I compare like every asset to Bitcoin and then I just end up buying Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where, that's where my money's been going like the last definitely the last like eight months maybe so yeah i have a uh i have a fancy job but like very little money in my checking account so it's it's the curse the curse of uh knowing of like under like understanding the uh, value proposition of bitcoin or at least one of the value propositions um yeah what's the bitcoin market cap right now one trillion two trillion no crypto market cap surpasses two trillion bitcoin's around one trillion right it's amazing and it went up today to what 63k instead of fifty-eight thousand. yeah so it's even higher than one trillion now it's crazy so it's crazy. probably like 1.15 1. 1.2 i don't know yeah like that it's amazing yeah, 2.21 trillion is the total market cap, and Bitcoin is now 1.17 trillion. And then 
cool ethereum is behind it at 282 billion wow nice amazing amazing wow yeah so what do we want to do today we were, i remember we were playing with some ideas about diving into more crypto stuff you want to do some of that or do you want to do something else what are you feeling last week i kind of went down a rabbit hole for self-improvisation improving self-improvement i don't know what it is but mm-hmm. self-optimization but this week oh, what do you want to do uh nothing and nothing imp- i mean i don't know no no uh overarching agenda or anything but uh yeah i mean crypto has been important like kind of interesting to me but not not like anything more than two weeks ago but uh i'm also i'm also thinking about kind of kind of thinking about like how to not be distracted all the time i feel like i've been doing a really bad job of that um so maybe just like lifestyle stuff um Let's talk about it. What's distracting you? What's up? Then we can dive into some crypto, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, what's frustrating is the last, the last like few weeks I, I wake up and then I look at my phone and then just kind of like, like I don't have, I don't have a personal Instagram account. I don't have Facebook. But then I'll, I'll find myself scrolling Reddit and like looking at looking at memes and like cute animals and stuff. And I think I think that's time well spent. But then maybe not, uh, maybe not at like so many so much frequency throughout the day. Um. And yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not getting the eight hours per night on most days that. I wish I was. It's more like seven. And so, yeah, I think I need to do some things to address that. Um, doing a float tank tomorrow again. Oh, I've never done those. That's amazing. The ones where it's like full black, all sound gone, you just float in it. Yeah, there's there's some sound, but usually it's pretty quiet. And the idea is that there's about a thousand pounds of uh, Epsom salt and and you just go in inside this container thing and the the water is so dense that it it makes you float and so you you just end up like hanging out there for for some time and i i find it really relaxing like it's it's not it's not cheap but it's worth it for me um it's kind of like a super meditation um so I'm doing that tomorrow and then I'm I'm also I'm like looking around at different uh massage places see if I can utilize my insurance but uh yeah like it would be cool to get like a monthly uh massage from from someone who who like who like does it professionally Dude, so, definitely. Yeah. Uh, physical therapy is one good entry for that if you want it covered by insurance too. Get some pretty good pricing on there. And they do a lot of different micro exercises too. I don't know if you have any lower back issues or knee pains or anything. It's a good one for climbing you, and stuff. Do you do physical therapy? I used to. I, I Family and friends have done it and do it. And yeah they they're really really talented and it's really interesting actually they're even starting to do it's called needling but it's really acupuncture Mm. but in a westernized form and they have a lot of different modalities that they start to integrate um and they do a really good amount of massaging and muscle treatment and stuff like that i have some friends that have gone down that rabbit hole a bit more and they're like really interesting different types of therapy modalities but I would, I'd have to ask him again. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. if you wanted to, but yeah, I know you can probably get that at as an easier cover um, in a fair way if you have back pain or anything than just going to a straight masseuse. 
Yeah, I went earlier this week and and I think they treat a lot of people who they treat a lot of people who like are recovering from injuries and, and stuff. And they they asked me like, oh, are you here for anything? And I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe just like a relaxing massage. Like am I in the wrong place? <laughs> All right, yeah, if it's just that, then maybe not. But if you ever have any bakes and pains. No, I, yeah. I just heard the story from my, one of my closest friends, Thomas. He was telling me about how he had, he started to get carpal tunnel. And he's like, I couldn't uh, write very well or use a mouse or play some computer games if he plays a bit of computer games. And he then went to a therapist, a physical therapist, um, and maybe a masseuse, I don't remember. But they were working on his back. He had a bit of a lower back pain and, and the wrist and stuff. And it, they weren't really looking at the wrist, but just kind of for something else. He was trying to treat his lower back pain. And so he was doing a lot of exercises. And he was saying that over X amount of time, I don't know the exact details, maybe a few weeks after doing these reparatory exercises, there was one day where he just felt his hip click into place as he was doing an exercise. <laughs> and he felt chills go down up his back and down his arm to his wrist where the carpal tunnel is. And it just felt numb and it buzzed. And then he said, whoa, no more carpal tunnel. <laughs> so, yeah, so supposedly, and his his girlfriend was a professional golfer, right? And she was really deep into the physical therapy and, and body treatment type things to take care of your body as a pro golfer. And she was like, yeah, I mean, this makes total sense. The body's connected in so many different ways that we don't realize from head to toe. And she's a really big believer in, you know, stretching and, and therapy. So I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Lower back equals fixing carpal tunnel for Thomas. <laughs> Wow. And he's never that's had a amazing. problem since. Just wow. in the moment. Yeah. I'm like, that's hard to believe, but I believe it because I believe you. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Yeah, I've just I've just been uh trying to look more into health and wellness stuff. So if, if there's something that can help me help me sleep a little bit better or like meditate a little bit better or or maybe like track my workouts, but you know, without, without too much effort, then I'm like willing to look into all of those. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been trying to, uh, trying to do lately. But. There's an app that I found that was kind of interesting and it's, I think it was called like plants or something. You plant a tree and you can legitimately plant a tree. So if you set a goal, you can't change out of the app if you start a session. And when you complete that, you it goes to your bank to plant a tree. After X amount of sessions, you actually have a tree planted in some country. But you can also add in, and I always thought those are the fun ones, where if you fail it, you can actually tax yourself with like a penalty of a money fee. Oh. <laughs> so I think that could be an interesting one for if you're trying to do some exercise or something. I was playing with that idea. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it one day. But to-do list for now yeah uh your your tree app tangent reminded me of something that is another tangent uh which is this idea of time preference and uh yeah and i'm 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 curious once i present it how you how you think about it so the idea behind Time preference. Time preference is that uh, you have a certain, like your time. You value your time at a certain amount, hmm. uh, but at the same time, like if you know that whatever resource is going to be worth more in the future, like there's kind of a balance between you want to have more of that resource in the future, and yet you still want to have like some nice experience or some nice thing or some nice meal right now. And so if someone has low time preference, that means they are willing to wait a long time in order for like them a decade from now to be better off. And if you have high time preference, then, then you want to have that cool thing right now. And maybe that's, maybe that's, people who uh, 
who quit jobs easily, who are living paycheck to paycheck, but you know, doing really cool things. Super general statement. Um, but according to according to the author of the Bitcoin standard, uh, he thinks time preference is like probably one of the more important ideas in the study of economics. And he he like includes that as a section in all of his classes. And he's a he's an econ professor, or he was an econ professor, and then now he like does his own classes. But I'm curious how how you think about it because that's something I've been kind of uh, kind of curious about. Because like, yeah, like on on one hand, like I do want to. I do want me a decade into the future to be well off, but you know, I like, I'm like, at the same time, I'm trying to make myself today like more comfortable and like, and in some ways like more equipped or like more educated. So I'm, I'm trying to like find that balance. Is that, is that making sense to you? Yeah. So yeah, what are you optimizing for? Which uh, time preference, like, how are you thinking about it? Initial gut feeling for it is just balancing it. And I think, yeah, no, let's unpack it. First of all, there are, there are friends that I have that I think do it really well. And I kind of envy how they do it. One of them, he just went to, you know, Mount Fuji and, and snowboarded there and or went to Hawaii. And I'm like, wow, that's a really cool. And they finding really cheap tickets too. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that's a really cool way to spend money. And I haven't been doing that as much. I've kind of like not been adventuring out nearly as much. Mm. With regards to how I just perceive it at a high level of time preference and money preference, I, I, I like to think about it. Let's see. How do we, how do you break it down? The Eisenhower matrix is something I really like where I haven't heard of that before. And it's, it's a four quadrant system and the top left quadrant is uh, I'll have to look it up. I'll butcher it, but it's basically there's things you do, things you delegate, things you do like way later or something, and then things you never do. Um, mm. And then I think that type of idea also stems into the idea of there are people out there that say, you know, I will never do any work at all that is below $500 an hour. Mm -hmm. And if it's anything below that, then they will pay for someone to do that or outsource it. Uh, for me, I'm definitely not at like that type of level, but I do find that there are moments where you're like, oh, okay, that's like kind of an interesting idea. I think it happens especially as one who helps out around the house a lot. A lot of our yard breaks down. Uh, the PVC, mm -hmm. the polytubing um, is starting to get a bit old. It's over 20 years old. Usually polytubing only lasts 20 years. And I was getting quotes from uh, yard contractors on how much it would take to replace our whole irrigation system. And I was getting quotes between one to 3,000. And it's just so much. Mm -hmm. And they would say it takes about three days of work. So then if you like calculate labor, yada, yada, you're like, okay. But with that type of thing, I feel like I'll probably try to figure out how to do that on my own, even though, you know, three hours of my labor, I don't know. It's, it's definitely not that much worth that much, but it's, I still probably won't spend that type of, I don't know. I wouldn't spend that money. Um, but then there are things where even on the smaller scale of like, a $20 fix. I, I do that uh, mm -hmm. for like a the restroom or a car fix. Um, but it, I guess it depends for me on a micro scale. It depends on how much time it takes me, how much plus how much interest I have in learning about the problem and fixing it plus yeah. how much money it would cost. And then that would equate to whether or not I would do it. And then at more macro scale on the time horizon a lot of what i do and i think you and i both 
are very similar is we don't really um, keep a lot of just fiat or US in the bank, right? And the, but you'd mm-hmm. either invested in securities or crypto securities mm-hmm. and or tokens. And so that's kind of where I've been doing it. But I also am trying to figure out right now how to find a middle ground where I don't just put all of that away where I'm like, oh, how do I have a kind of a, an FU fund <laughs> where I'm just like, I'll just throw this money down if and when I want to. Like if I see a flight for $97 to Seattle, see ya, I'll be there, right? But, um, or someone says, hey, let's go to Tokyo. Okay, if I can, I don't know how much that would be, but mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out a good balance there. Um, and I don't think I have been going out as much, but I've been finding good things that are kind of low cost, kind of camping and fun to yeah. do with people. And, and it's been really nice. And then hanging with friends and stuff. But, you know. Yeah, I think the key thing you said is if I, if it's something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's I, for, for me, that's, that's the thing that makes like the huge difference. Like, or if I can afford it, because I can't afford one to 3K polytubing fixes, right? For the house, you're like, oh my God. Um, so even if I don't want to fix it, I don't want to do the yard, but I'm going to have to go trench my whole yard, fix all the solenoids, map everything onto it, you know, and, and put the whole irrigation system in, but it'll save one to three K. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was an irrigation expert now, dude, you don't, this yard is amazing, but terrible. We have an orange tree, lemon tree, grapefruit tree, fig tree, uh, dragon fruit tree, loquat tree but <laughs> the polytubing is going bad in a, in a lawn, right? Oh, mm. annoying. Thank God for Home Depot or Lowe's. Nice. Yeah. All what's, right. What's, so... what's your time horizon though? I didn't ask you. Oh, um, so I think when I was 23, so that's probably around when you met me. I think I was like super low time horizon or super low time preference. Uh, which which meant that I was willing to I was willing to like save a couple of bucks here and there, so that future me would be better off. And then when I now, first met John, he was in a in a closet <laughs> sleeping in a closet, and I was like, "This guy is amazing," because that's what you do in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you? <laughs> I thought, I thought I, I thought we met at another time, but I didn't I didn't realize you uh you were uh, like watching me when I was sleeping in my closet. <laughs> I think I saw your room like two times. I was like, this is kind of amazing, very simple, minimalistic, and I was like, I love it. That was when you were coming over to play like music at Craig's, <laughs> and we would just have like singing sessions. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's cool. Do you still hang out with Craig? Mm-mm, no, I, but I text him every now and then, you know, wishing a happy birthday or something. That's the guy. He's a very interesting guy. I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he might be out of scope for our podcast, but for the uh, one or two listening out there, Craig uh, organizes like sex conferences BDSM so, conferences. Yeah. He, he just like organizes like four of the largest in the country. And he was the guy, he was my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> and I rented a room from his place. He was like in his 40s. Really nice guy. Made great food. So down to earth. Played so many cool instruments. Really cultured. Really, really intelligent. But the way he made his living was just very unique. <laughs> yeah thing. and it was it was a good it was a good living too and he was he was honest about it and yeah it was just very different from from uh i guess my my uh circles at the time and def- and now as well my circles anytime actually <laughs> uh, also i predict my circles like 10 years from now so <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> This is this. I don't know. Did I ever tell you? And we're not going to go into it. But one time I went and helped set up 
for one of his conventions. I didn't really okay. participate or anything, but it was very interesting. I was like, wow, this is the furthest I'll probably <laughs> for many decades in my life, but it was cool. It was the furthest that you'll cool. get to what? Go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I see. <laughs> I, they had very interesting. It was very interesting. I, I respect the community. It was a lot of people and they're really good at communication. If there's anything you'd learn from that type of community, it's they're incredibly good at communicating and they, as they have to be. And it's like, I'm impressed. You know? Yeah. Cause it's all, you need consent, right? <laughs> or else you won't be, you won't be invited back. That and a safe word. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, but back to the question. Uh, so yeah, I think from like 23, 24, 25, I was very much, I was very much like, how can I have an awesome experience and, and uh, kind of like at the lowest cost. And so it kind of became this game and which, which led to a lot of cool memories and some cool experiences, but also like, I look, I look back and I'm like, oh man, like I did what to save a few bucks? Like, oh man. San Francisco so was a weird time, wasn't it? But also, yeah, also living in San Francisco and, and not making uh, like right out of college at the start of our career. So it's kind of what you had to do to survive. Um, but yeah, but but now now what's interesting is I'm I'm like. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm just like, OK, I'm not I'm not going to like stress out about every expense. I'm. I'm going to eat a nice meal when I feel like eating a nice meal and, and like, if I, if I can like make time for whatever trip, then like, I'll do that as well. But I, I like don't mind as much if I, if I like spend most of my money after a month, like it's, it's really weird. Or not, not even, not even like that. But like, I, I just, uh, I guess, I guess I realized like, oh, my twenties are going by, and like, and like maybe I do want to have a washer dryer in in the apartment, and and maybe I don't want to be like carrying my clothes two blocks away to a laundromat, and like maybe my time is worth uh, a little bit more to me, and so like. Mm -hmm um not not necessarily right now but like over the past year or so i've been like kind of like making more and more of those trade-offs um it's been it's been interesting i guess that's part of growing up and like and like as you hopefully move forward in your career but at the same time it's it's kind of like oh at this rate like i have to keep i have to keep like on this career path like I, it, I won't be able to keep my lifestyle and like be a barista so unless yeah. you make a really really hip coffee joint yeah yeah unless yeah I guess there's always a way around it but yeah just some just some stuff I I think about um that makes a lot of sense I I definitely hear you on that. I think it's a really good idea. Whether a really interesting conversation, thought process of whether or not you should get a washer and dryer instead of walking the two blocks, because that's a consistent action that is a repeated process over X amount of, you know, time every week or two. And then how much time is that? And yeah, sometimes it's just a pain, like especially if you don't like doing it. Some people love it. Some people find that a, I'm, I'm sure find that cathartic, right? I mean, you but can. It, you, they should. You should love doing it at your own house. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. Some people like the community, maybe. Could remember like Brainwash Cafe and Soma, where it's a it's a laundromat and a stand up comedy place with a sandwich parlor. Same <laughs> thing. <laughs> it never went. That sounds cool though. <laughs> They're really fun. Really fun stand up. Oh huh. yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I never heard about it. Talked about in the sense of uh, the terminology of time preference and, and time horizons. I, I really like that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, cause it's like, 
yeah like it, it's it's basically like how much of a baller do you want to be when you're like 70 years old if you make it that far yeah yeah but then yeah. you know at, at the extreme level at the extreme level it's like you know it's probably not the right choice to make like you probably want to have some experiences when you're young but then on the other extreme level like you probably want to have some safety net when you're 70 so yeah, so, yeah. i mean it's definitely definitely a balance but i'm sure we'll figure it out we're we're uh we're uh not not a uh, horrible people and somewhat functioning people so yeah that there's two yeah. things that i think about one i've always wanted to talk to you about it on here maybe go more into detail because i'm still figuring it out right i've only <clears throat> um you know had a job that i've genuinely enjoyed for about a year uh, and uh half now and cool. that's awesome though right yeah i'm pretty happy about that but with that you've got the things where I've never invested really or had the ability to um, put money in savings like 401ks, Roth IRAs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, one day I remember talking to you about this previously and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to ask you more one day of your thoughts on, and since we're not financial advisors, of course, but I just remember talking to you about it. Um, do you have any preferences on your savings streams other than crypto? that you put your things into i guess like my company doesn't do 401k matching and such but i'm probably mm -hmm. going to try to save up some and put it in i think what is the ma the max per year for a 401k is nineteen thousand, um and of course I'm it's nineteen thousand five hundred. Nineteen thousand five hundred. cool 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 and then what about like a roth ira of course i can google this but it's kind of uh six thousand five hundred okay and is there I another think. one or oh, six thousand. One of those, and then there's there an another? IRA, right? Roth IRA and then IRA, or is there? There's yeah, a pre-tax the and a post-tax. The limit one, is right? the limit is for both. Oh, okay, sixty-five hundred. And which one is better? The Roth IRA is better because it's post-tax. Like when you pull it out, you get tax. No pre-tax. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So what's better depends on your situation. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that a thing? Really? Mm -hmm. well, why? Why? Yeah. Uh, depends on depends on which income bracket you expect yourself to maybe be in in the future, and it depends on your expectations of the market, um, and uh, and a few other things. Interesting. Because like the, For, the oh. yeah, because the Roth IRA is post tax money that grows tax free, and a traditional IRA is pre-tax money that gets taxed when you take it out hmm. and yeah like if you if you think the market is going to grow a crazy amount for the next 10 years then maybe you want to do the traditional ira or maybe if you're if you expect to be in a higher income bracket in however many years then maybe you want to do the uh traditional or i don't know but oh, uh interesting. Huh. interesting i think most people should do the roth ira yeah that makes i feel like that's what i've heard usually most people are like go for a roth ira prioritization before the ira but i've never heard about it of whether or not you think you're going to be in a really high tax bracket or something huh yeah it just uh yeah, but there, there's like a there's like a right way to do all of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think there was a flowchart which I I don't know where it is, but then the flowchart was something like, "Does your company do four hundred one k matching?" And it's like, okay, then put in the amount until that match, and then after that, like max out your Roth IRA, and then. Oh, was this that tweet you once sent me? The photo of the guy who wrote it on a card, like that Reddit hack. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't the exact thing. I don't I don't remember what it is, but yeah, I think there is a right way for most people. Hmm. If you find it, send it to me. Do you do you do a um, 
a percent allocation or anything. You know how you do DC dollar cost averaging and such. But if you get X paycheck in the next time, do you have 40% go to this, 5% go to that, 10% go to that? Or do you just say, by the end of the year, I want this much in my Roth IRA, this much in my 401k, and the rest would have gone into securities or crypto or whatever other investment vehicles? Um, it it changes based on the year. So I, I don't, oh, interesting. yeah. Sorry, sorry to say I don't I don't have a sophisticated system other than what what the uh, the company account and taxes take out automatically, or like like the four hundred one k, like what it automatically takes out. It does. That's cool. I didn't. Mine doesn't do that. Interesting. Oh, you put it in manually. I don't have a four hundred one k. Oh, your company. Okay. Yeah, my last company. Got a 401k at the end of the year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to set this all up myself. And I know people have been like, if you had invested when you're 22 or 23, 5,000, 500, you know, you'd be a millionaire. And I'm like, I didn't have that money to invest at all. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and I don't think that's even easy now. I, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you're like 22 making that, that would be so nice. But yeah, it's hard. I think if you're, uh, if you, if you, if you think you're in a high tax bracket right now and you do not expect your company to have a 401k by the end of the year, then maybe you want to do it in a traditional 401k. In fact, you can still contribute for 2020. Really? Oh. Yeah, but you I wouldn't get a like, tax back or anything because you already one would have already filed. Oh yeah, if you already did it, then in that case you can do a Roth IRA for last year. Okay. Is there any if other you, investment vehicles I'm missing? So 401k, Roth IRA, IRA, securities, bonds, um, and crypto. And I guess a secure uh, a, a, sa a savings account at a 0.01% interest. <laughs> <laughs> what other ways are there? To invest money. I mean, I guess, I guess that's generally the whole universe of things. Mm. Um, uh, At least for Americans, right? Because other people wouldn't have four hundred one k's. There's, yeah. there's other stuff, but like, I don't, I don't do any of it. Like, there's like certificate of deposits, like CDs. So it's, it's oh, CDs, basically yeah. a bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I. Yeah, I just I just have mine set up and then it like automatically does everything. Those are like those are low risk but low return, low low interest back, like two to four percent, right? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're at least at least for like you and me, I, I don't I don't think they're worth uh looking into. My dad has a few and I've been I've been trying to get him to like, I'm let me guess. have them I'm anymore. <laughs> yeah, go into something else. That's um, did you ever yeah. get your parents into crypto? I know you and I were talking about trying to convince our parents <laughs> last year uh, to get them to invest a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Nice, nice. I got my dad. My dad owns a bit of Ethereum right now. Oh wow! <laughs> Just a little bit. I got That's him on awesome. Coinbase and. Wow. Yeah, we're just. We were waiting for a little dip to get a bit of a Bitcoin for them. Yeah, dude, you have to like do KYB, KYC for those who don't know, know your business, know your customer. So KYC for Coinbase. And it was just so great for me. I, I had to take like a photo of his driver's license and upload it. And I'm like, whoever is there approving, it's most likely autonomous or automated. But if there was a person clicking through on Coinbase, yes, this photo looks like the name and stuff. They'd be like, wow, this 92 year old dude is getting, getting in the crypto game. That's badass. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to I want to hear your dad's hot take on the crypto market after after he's read like everything about it. Yeah, and I, I I've been slowly but surely trying to convince him over time, and it's been fun. Recently, I've been seeing him. He I taught him how to use an iPhone. Got him an iPhone about two years two years ago, and now he's like googling like a, like a teen. Nice. And wow. There are moments where I see the cached, yeah, no, <laughs> just Google and some uh, the stocks thing. Um, but 
it's fun to see that he types in in Google the way he uses it. He just says Bitcoin price or Tesla price <laughs> or maybe nice. a few other securities, but those are the main ones. <laughs> like right on. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys did well with Tesla. Yeah, right back at you. Tesla's been a fun one. Yeah, been good. Fun, Long and eighteen months. Yeah, been a fun, fun time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the uh, the personal finance stuff, I think. Yeah, I think. I think can be pretty simple. Um, like I just do four hundred one k, and then. Uh, my company has the high deductible health insurance so we have like an hsa thing so oh nice i contribute to that as well um cool yeah nothing nothing like all that interesting yeah yeah yeah. no i think that's fantastic and then the rest are into securities and that's where it goes yeah i'm just trying to figure out for my life how to learn about money and where it comes from yesterday there was a really interesting thing so thomas uh, and julie julie is becoming a finance guru and she's getting oh, yeah? a finance major right now and one of the questions that was asked of them was what's the similarity between the i guess they call them a discount i didn't know this a four mm-hmm. percent discount for when you buy a car and get a loan on it and a loan for a heloc or a home equity line of credit Mm-hmm. Or, a, a, or a mortgage, maybe not, maybe not a HELOC, maybe it was a mortgage, but and what, why are, why are they, why are they both the 4% was the question as the example in the question, I guess. And I had to think about it, but yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you have uh, trick question? Wait, the, wait, the question, the question was, what's the difference between a discount of 4%? Yeah. So I guess versus- four, what I'm guessing a 4% discount means is a 4% interest rate. I don't, I don't know exactly. I'll have to, or does it, it does it mean it's 4% cheaper to mm-hmm. buy the car? No, 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 I don't think that was it. I think it was 4% um, on a loan when you buy a car, if you're paying it off month over month and mm-hmm. a 4% interest rate on a home mortgage or something like that. Like, why were they similar? Why are they similar? Yeah. Why were they both around 4%? Why are they both around 4%? I could be butchering the question too. But I think that's about right. Why are they both four percent? Like I'm not, I'm not the quite understanding rate. what the question. Why? Why is the interest rate four percent? Yeah, on the loan. I I don't understand the question. Any you, the interest rate could be five percent. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this example, I think it was just an example of it was pegged at four percent. So I, of course it's people have their credit scores and stuff but i was wondering if it was more based off of money right now there's the fed rate the fed interest rate and the central Mm -hmm. bank's rate right and then Mm -hmm. the way in which they loan out money to different banks and then those Mm -hmm. banks loan out money to different banks and then once it gets to the consumer that's how it ends up at four five six eight percent twelve percent at loan sharks sixteen percent at loan sharks credit cards and stuff but I thought that was interesting that it couldn't go under, you know, three or 4%. It was my guess um, at a consumer level for a loan due to the fact that the banks have to make interchange in between and the central bank is loaning out at an X percent rate and it's lowest it's ever been right now. And then the banks that get the money from them then loan it out and it ends up at three, 4% minimum to a consumer. That was my uh, guess. Well, the the base would be uh, the London interest, like LIBOR. What's that? Whatever that I'm is. Look that's, it up. that's the that's the interest rate that all banks will use when they lend to each other. Um, and so, LIBOR. so that's that's the absolute floor that if you were to borrow anything from a bank, like. That's the absolute floor that you would be able to get it at, and so when you when you get to like uh, like margin loans, which which is when you borrow against some sort of asset that you have, usually it'll be like LIBOR plus two percent. 
So like the okay. bank gets a cut. But you can always gotcha. you can always negotiate those things, which is which is kind of scummy. But wow, I didn't know that. That's so interesting. So the LIBOR yeah. is basically from the central bank loaning out the base, base. Uh, I think I think it's the rate that banks uh will lend to each other at. And so that's oh, why yeah. it's always bank changing because gotcha. yeah, because it's kind of like part of this market ecosystem. But just looking right now, LIBOR, other interest rate indexes. There's among the the LIBOR is among the most common of benchmark interest rate indexes used to make adjustments to adjustable rate mortgages. And then you've got the LIBOR rate this week, month ago, updated 413. Mm -hmm. That's so curious. Wow. And these are, do you think these are percentages? So like 2.4%? Yeah. 0.2%. Wow. So it would go to 0.2% loan out at a 6%, at a three, six month, I mean. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So right wow. now the, the one-year LIBOR rate is 0.29%, which is pretty insane. It's like basically free. Wow. And this is banks, this is only for banks to get like no, but no, no bank or person who's giving out a car loan or a mortgage will give this to a person. Well, it'll like be, maybe. it'll be LIBOR plus two or whatever. The interchange. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the taker's fee, right? Like the intermediary. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. But, wow. Yeah, but, but at the same time, like if, if you, if you run a company that has a good balance sheet, then you can you can be the one going to investors and saying like, hey, I'll give you a convertible loan at like 0%. If our stock goes up, then you can convert that into stock. So like there are, there are like different financial instruments that you could do to, you know, like you could utilize to uh, fund whatever you want to do or like make your money grow or any of that. But the, the interesting thing is that uh, a lot of a lot of these uh, services that at one time were available only to institutional investors are like slowly being more and more available to retail investors. So that's kind of cool. Like we live in this Robin Hood age. Like I, I remember seeing a uh, a Reddit post on Wall Street Bets. Someone was like. I learned how to trade options today. And then you look at the day's earnings and it's like negative 50,000. I hope, I hope that was Photoshopped, right? Like, I hope that was fake, but it was very funny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Just so> funny. <laughs> That's the classic way. Yeah. When I first learned about crypto, definitely bought in at the high. <laughs> Oh, nice! Congrats. <laughs> no, well, if you if you held it, it would have. I didn't know about Hodel. I didn't know about. Yeah, if I had held it, it would be up quite a bit now. But what was that? The high at that time was nineteen twenty thousand. Nineteen to twenty thousand. Around yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but but people, whoever's listening, just so you know, and I've been explaining this to my friend, and I know we only have a few minutes left too, so. Um, we also need to get your recipe by the end of this. You're going to add that. But before that, friends, a Bitcoin is not the only thing you can buy. There's actually more divisible units of Bitcoin, just to, to reiterate. And they're called Satoshis. And a Satoshi is around 0 0.001 cents. And there are 100 million Satoshis that make up one Bitcoin. And that's one of the coolest things about cryptocurrency, blockchain tech slash Bitcoin specifically, is that there's a very, very small, there's a very large amount of divisibility so that it can scale down even to fractions of cents. And I think that's very important. So it's been really cool. John, know this. I have sent like three of my really good friends Bitcoin Satoshis in the past stretch, like a few bucks worth to be like, I want to send you your first satoshis wow and they got really excited so there's a thing it's called the exodus wallet and i was like really impressed you can buy up to 500 worth for one dollar one five hundred dollars worth of, of bitcoin or whatever for a dollar and then you can send it via a wallet there so it's a it's a it's a 
a soft wallet. So it's like a, a hot wallet, I guess you would call it in the system. And yeah, you can send it instantly. And the transaction fees are pretty high though right now. Bitcoin transaction fees are like six, seven bucks. It's not very mm. good. So I was like sending less money <laughs> than the transaction cost. <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was really worth it for to see the smiles on their faces. <laughs> so um, yeah, just, That's cool. just so people know. Satoshi's are really cool. And the That's goal cool. is to, in my opinion, hopefully, you know, try to get to be a, a Satoshi one millionaire. What you think would be about five hundred fifty dollars right now? Work up to it, Mm -hmm. maybe six hundred now due to the price increase. But it's pretty cool, pretty cool place to get to. Did or anything that's fair to you, of course. But I think it's a cool one to build up to over time. Yeah, it's the it's the curse of of uh being on this Bitcoin train right now. I don't know if it's a train, but whatever it is, you never you never have enough. It's it's not it's not even because of the uh it's not it's not quite like money, but it's but it is like I don't know, like I just whatever. Yeah. Because it's like I, you let's let's say you reach the hundred you reach the million Satoshis, you'll be like, Oh, but what about five million Satoshis? Yeah, but that's my trick. That's the the reason I do that is because it causes people to educate themselves. I think they get more interested mm-hmm. in it. So once they kind of are building up to it, what I've seen, at least the conversations have started to become even more detailed, right? We even have that Slack channel and people are asking more questions on them about blockchain and such, but yeah, it's been happening a lot more in my own personal life too. Like I'll go to a happy hour with some friends outside and They'll start to ask about blockchain and Bitcoin and be nice. like, what happened? Or some Doge too. And I'm like, yeah, Doge is an interesting one, but it's a good segue. So it's been really fun. That's fun. I'm so excited to see what, what gets built. Oh, oh, oh. let me tell you, dude, I told you, but I'm still proud. I won my first, I was the first time I ever got crypto Satoshi's Bitcoin without paying for them i won a blockchain poker tournament and i got <laughs> uh i got twenty one thousand satoshis so like 21 dollars worth of satoshis whoa <laughs> uh, 12 dang 10 to 20 yeah i think twenty one thousand satoshis i don't know oh, that from was. that but, from that poker website yeah 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 blockchain.poker <laughs> baby and you don't even have to create an account you get 100 free satoshis but you have to have a hundred thousand satoshis to withdraw them so i guess they get you there so it's not there but it's real enough if i get up to a hundred thousand i guess to withdraw them but i thought it was interesting that was fun but how do they make money if they give everyone satoshis i think i mean i guess fun. it's less than a, it's like less than a cent but yeah yeah i that i was thinking about that business proposition and i was thinking that most of the people i think it's like a fake it, it's a satoshi but it's not really a satoshi until it's withdrawn so they're that just sense obfuscating so they're so they're they're central banking it yeah 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 (laughs) they're federal reserving it (laughs) (laughs) too too real (laughs) too real i mean too real yeah (laughs) um uh yeah i'm happy to say a recipe yes what i was wanting the pasta one the pasta one yeah pasta with your herbs like go to you had grilled mushrooms right grilled okay something and then you made the homemade pasta sauce and then you add herbs and just what are the the secret tricks that you've picked up oh master pasta maker john kim all right so this is my flow i turn on the water heater it gets boiling and then i turn on the turn on the fan heat the uh pan heat put in a little bit of oil maybe butter i don't know I'll chop up some onions, crush some garlic. If I have ginger and if I'm feeling fancy, you can, uh, you can like crush the ginger as well. And then you add all of that in there and it becomes this like kind of like rich flavor. And then on top of that, uh, it depends on what ingredients I have, but uh, good ones would be like mushroom, maybe asparagus, um, tomatoes are really good. So like if I do asparagus, I'll cut them into little pieces. 
and then I'll have this this like base of vegetables. And then maybe for fun, I'll grill some salmon on a cast iron, butter, make it real hot, put salmon skin down, throw some like garlic salt on it. Yeah, flip it over. And then once, once that's like juicy and cooked, I cut it into smaller pieces, throw that into the vegetables. And then uh, once the water is boiled, throw it into a pot of, of a pasta, spin it around. And then from there, I'll be like, what sauce do I want? So there's, there's a few things you can do. So if you want like the uh, fettuccine Alfredo flavor, then you can do like a lot of butter and then you get, uh, I think it's mozzarella. I forgot which cheese it was, but you like heat the cheese. And then you also add like a, it was like cream or milk. I've only done fettuccine Alfredo a few times. And then you can also do like the, so like all the stuff I put in the vegetables and then I'll, I'll add like pepper and then I'll add whatever, whatever herbs I have. Um, really good one is the, is the uh, garlic salt from Trader Joe's. They also have this like lemon zest salt thing that is really good. So if you like put a lot of those things on, then it like already creates this base of flavor. Um, and, and from there it's like to taste. So you just keep adding things. And so I'll add like balsamic vinegar or red wine vinegar. Um, and then like put the pasta back in and then kind of like swirl everything around. So it's like, you have the pasta, you have the salmon and you have the vegetables, spin everything around. Um, and yeah. And then if you want to be real fancy, then what you can do is you can get a slow cooker. You put in, you put in like chicken breast and then you put in like chopped onions and then like some salt and pepper. And then you, you let it cook for like five hours. You open it, you get two forks and then you, you uh, like shred it. Shred it out, yeah. Yeah, and then you put it back in and let it, let it like soak in its own juices. And then you can use that for part of the pasta because it's very flavorful. So there's like all these, all these different things that you can do. Um, Balsamic vinegar is good because it's, uh, I find it helpful to have something vinegary. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think like 20% of the time I'll make something that's, that's just like, uh, this doesn't work. And then the rest of it, and then like 40% of the time it's like, all right, this is fine. I'll eat it, whatever. And then another 40% of the time I'm like, Ooh, this is good. Um, but it's improvised every single time because I never have a hundred percent of the ingredients. I've just I've just learned to like be like, all right, what's here? Let's run with it. Dude, that sounds so good. That sounds amazing. My dad's favorite dish is fettuccine Alfredo. I have to make it for him. Don't tell him. Ooh, nice. Yeah, go for it. I didn't it. know about how to make that sauce. It's Butter it's actually pretty easy. Cheese, it's amazing. I never and thought like about milk. It. Yeah, it's and milk, balsamic. Wow. Probably not. I'll rewatch this. Maybe not balsamic. Yeah, yeah, for a fettuccine, but I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch this, and then no, I'm just, gonna make just it. find find your own way to improvise. Um, oh, and then if you want to be even fancier on top of that, then you can like make your own pasta. But I do not think that the the uh, reward versus time spent is worth it because like <laughs> you have to fold every single piece of pasta. Like it's. It's worth it if it's like your mom's birthday and you're like cooking for her. But other than uh, that, not every night. <laughs> yeah. Other not than that, like the store, the store bot is, uh, it's so easy to use and it's like a little bit, it's like not as good, but then it's not like that bad. 
Like there's a lot of good store-bought pasta. Out Do you have there. a favorite type, like the angel hair versus the linguine, the penne, I don't know, the whatever else, the wheat ones, <laughs> the gluten-free uh, ones? Yeah, penne, classic. Larrier. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> and with that, everybody, I think this episode has come to a graceful end. Thank you all so much for listening. My name's Hugh. This is John, and Hi. we are here to talk about craft, community, and the pursuit of building meaningful careers. So thank you again for tuning in this week, and I hope you all have a great week until next time. See you. Peace. Peace.